Hello, I'm Jeff. My wife and I host Message of Hope. Message of Hope wants to be your weekly inspirational, motivational, and non-judgmental friend to help you through your week as we share Bible truth and life experiences to let you know you're not alone. Let's join Sandra to see what Message of Hope she has today. Hey guys, it's Sandra. Today I'm presenting part two of a three-part series titled, Do You Know the Ten Commandments? So if you haven't listened to part one of this, you may want to go listen to that episode first and then come back to this one. The Ten Commandments are found in the Bible in Exodus chapter 20, which we read all Ten Commandments in part one. And now we're going to go over the first four of them today and break them down and talk a little bit more about what they are telling us. And then I will complete this series with the remaining six commandments in which he instructs us on how to love and treat others. I want to start with Jeremiah chapter 13, verses 9 through 11. And it reads, Thus says Jehovah, Thus I run the people of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who walk in the stubbornness of their heart, and walk after other mighty ones to serve them and to bow themselves to them, is like this girdle which is completely useless. For as the girdle clings to the loins of a man, so I have caused all the house of Israel and all the house of Judah to cling to me, declares Jehovah, to become mine for a people and for a name and for a praise and for an adorning. But they did not listen. If you are listening to this, I believe you have a desire just like mine to do and be what Jehovah wants. So let's get into those first four commandments. And God spoke these words saying, I am Jehovah, your Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, or Mitzrayim, out of the house of slavery. Number one, you shall have no other mighty ones against my face. Number two, You do not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of that which is in heaven above or which is in the earth beneath or which is in the water under the earth. You do not bow down to them or serve them for I, Jehovah, your Elohim, am a jealous El, visiting the crookedness of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing loving commitment to thousands to those who love me and guard my commandments. Number three, you do not bring the name of Yehovah your Elohim to naught, for Yehovah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to naught. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to set it apart. Six days you labor and shall do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yehovah your Elohim. You do not do any work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days Jehovah made heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore Jehovah blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart. These first four commandments tell us who Jehovah is and how he wants to be worshipped. It's important to understand these things so we will do what he wants us to do the way he wants us to do it. We have to ask ourselves, do I have anything that comes between me and Jehovah? 
because I definitely don't want him telling me something and me being too stubborn to listen. I don't know about you, but I used to read the second commandment about idols and just skimmed over it, thinking, I'm good on that because I don't worship any idols because I was seeing idols as meaning a stone image of some sort. But I was wrong. It can be your job, your spouse, sports, money, your car, sleep, food, anything that comes between us and Yehovah is an idol. The dictionary defines idolatry as idol worship or having love, reverence, adoration, or glorification for something or someone. So, Idolatry is anything that comes between us and Yehovah and prevents the Almighty and Most Holy One from having the number one place in our thoughts, our hearts, and our lives. You may have noticed that I'm saying Yehovah and not God in many areas, and that is intentional in case you're wondering why. It is because that is His actual name, and I desire to call Him by it now that I know it. Yehovah is the one and only true God. Why did I change? Because the word God, I learned, can be describing lots of different things or people. To New Agers, God is an altered consciousness and one's own divinity. If you're Muslim, it's Allah. And Hindus believe in multitudes of gods and goddesses. For myself, I believe in Yehovah, the God of the Bible. So I am working to break old bad habits since I now know what the God of the Bible's real name is, and that is Yehovah. But forgive me if I digress, as old habits can be hard sometimes. (laughs) My husband will soon be releasing an episode on God's name and how we know what it is. So you'll want to turn on your notifications for our podcast so that you will know when that is released if you're interested in learning more about the name. Speaking of names, I was just thinking, if somebody were sitting in front of me and talking and they mistakenly called me Sandy instead of my name, which is Sandra, I'd probably go ahead and be gracious since I knew they were addressing me. However, I like it best when someone says my name the right way because it makes me feel they either know or want to know me well enough that they found out what my name was before they talked to me. However, if I were, let's say, in a store and someone behind me kept saying, Sandy, hey, Sandy, I probably wouldn't turn around because I would assume it's not someone who knows me or someone who is addressing me. Okay. What does it mean to take his name in vain? I grew up thinking to take his name in vain was to use it in a swear word, but it's much more than that. Yehovah's nature and attributes, his unique holiness, is a part of his name. Even the Lord's Prayer begins by addressing God's name as hallowed, which shows us his name plays an important role and should be foremost in our prayers. And it makes me question whether that may be the very reason some of my prayers have not been answered before. Too often I've gone before him with a list of my needs, my wants, and my desires without first acknowledging and addressing him by his most holy name in reverence and fear. 
The very fact that only through His grace and mercy are we even given the freedom and right to come before Him in prayer should make us desire to address Him correctly, lovingly, thankfully, and respectfully. Yeshua, Jesus, even demonstrated for us how to pray so we would address Jehovah correctly and keep on track with our prayers rather than ramble on with all our needs and wants continually. Let's read Matthew 6, 7-13, which says, And when praying, do not keep on babbling like the nations, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is the way you should pray. Our Father, who is in the heavens, let your name be set apart. Let your reign come. Let your desire be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into trial, but deliver us from the wicked one, because yours is the reign and the power and the esteem forever. Amen. It's important to note on getting our prayers answered is not only in the way we pray, but also takes some actions on our part, because it goes on in Matthew six fourteen and 15 to say, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father shall also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither shall your Father forgive your trespasses. And there are other directives on past these verses, but we will stop with this one, since I think it's a big one for most of us. We feel like there are reasons and excuses that justify our actions, but we are not open-minded enough when someone offends us directly to extend that forgiveness to them, are we? That might actually be another reason why prayers aren't readily answered. I'm just thinking out loud. Do with that what you will. Psalms 8, 1-9 says, O Jehovah, our Master, how excellent is your name in all the earth! You who set your splendor above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have founded strength because of your adversaries to put an end to enemy and avenger. For I see your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have established. What is a man that you remember him and the son of man that you visit him? Yet you have made him a little less than Elohim and have crowned him with esteem and splendor. You have made him rule over the works of your hands. You have put all under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, passing through the paths of the seas. O Jehovah, our master, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You see, his name is all-powerful, all-holy. It's a representation of His majesty, His glory, and that Jehovah is the supreme deity and should be reverenced and greatly respected. And when we don't address Him the way He commanded, either intentionally or through ignorance, according to Scripture, we are taking His name in vain. Okay, commandment number four, keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created by Jehovah, and we are commanded to keep it. I believe that we are to rest and remember it as a holy day. 
One, it is just smart to take at least one day a week to relax and to spend time with Jehovah and remember His creation and all that He has done for us. He led by example to show us. I remember as a child, none of the stores were open for shopping or the restaurants when I was little. And I personally think that that one fact made a big impact on me as a kid because I saw that everyone tried to keep the Sabbath and rest, that it was a day that was different from all the other days of the week. And personally, I think it's something we should get back to today. Kids just see every day is the same as the last day. But oh well, I won't go any further on that. Uh, next, I want to read Luke six forty six. But why do you call me master, master, and do not do what I say? Everyone who is coming to me and is hearing my words and is doing them, I shall show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood came, the stream burst against that house, but was unable to shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But... The one hearing and not doing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream burst and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. I don't know about you, but I need to sit down and really look at what is taking up my time and what's priority in my life and to be more conscious of the words I use and how I use them and how I observe the Sabbath because we only get one shot on this side to do as we're instructed by Yehovah, and it's the choices we make that decide where we will be in the next life. That's all I have for today. Be sure to watch for episode three next week. It will be the final in the series on the Ten Commandments, and set those notifications for our podcast so you will know when my husband shares on the name of God. We would appreciate it very much if you would like, share, and comment on our post in order to help us to share the gospel with others. We are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and YouTube, and you can listen on our website as well at messageofhope.com. That's M-S-G-O-F-H-O-P-E dot com. And we want you to be aware there is a contact tab on that website where you can submit questions or leave us your prayer request as we would love to be praying for you as well. Until next time, let's remember his amazing grace. Godspeed. Godspeed.